welcome to talc teaching and learning consultation skills this is the talc talks podcast helping everyone who sees patients to improve their consultation skills to get better outcomes and this approach can even increase your job satisfaction This podcast is part of the module called TALC Effective Methods for Information Gathering and it concentrates on the chapter which is called How Can Avoiding Questions Yield More Information? Famously, Balint commented, if you ask questions, you only get answers. And I've often pondered about the meaning of this and why it might be better not to ask questions. But what does not asking questions really mean? There's a lot of emphasis in consultation skills training on the difference between open and closed questions and the importance of using open questions to gather information. While this is an important distinction, what is something which is often overlooked is that effective information gathering can happen with hardly any questions being asked at all. The open to closed cone idea is often used to illustrate the idea that gathering information begins with open questions and ends with closed questions, a bit like an ice cream cone being open at the top and closed at the bottom. The closed questions lower down are thought to be there to fill in the details. Trying to decide what questions to ask can sometimes totally preoccupy less skilled clinicians to the extent that they can fail to listen to what's being said at the time by the patient. One way to overcome this problem is if clinicians can learn to start gathering information without using questions at all. This might seem strange, but when the listener uses encouraging phrases and reflections, paraphrases and echoes, in other words, active listening skills, instead of questions, the speaker becomes empowered to convey information quickly and fully. Closed questions only tend to reveal this richness after a lot of laborious effort and may never actually reveal what the patient is really bothered about. The clinician can learn to delay asking questions until the patient has run out of things to say spontaneously. And there are two key skills here, encouraging the patient to carry on speaking and the active listening skills. Encouraging the patient to carry on speaking is relatively easy and I think it's helpful to think of the two words go on as the most powerful words in the consultation. It has many variants like tell me more, keep going, I'm wondering if there might be a bit more you want to say about this. These simple phrases like go on free up the clinician's mind to listen instead of planning the next question. This is very relaxing and as I'm going to show later in this podcast, can yield vastly more amounts of useful information. The active listening skills of reflecting back, encouraging and echoing can also be used as low effort ways to gather information. This approach helps the clinician to focus on what the patient is really saying and makes it clear that the listener really is understanding and attending to the speaker properly. Attention leads to better retention and memory and helps the clinician to retain all the information they've heard so that it can be used later on in the discussion. There are specific experiential ways to learn this by comparing a questioning to a non-questioning style so that the benefits of avoiding questions can be directly experienced. And that means learners are more motivated to use this approach themselves. Clearly, there's a vital place for carefully chosen questions during the consultation. But if information is gathered in a 
calm, efficient and non-questioning way first, the clinician will usually only need to ask a few clarifying questions at the end. The open to closed cone is very narrow at the bottom. Why do clinicians ask a lot of direct questions though if it's not very effective? I'm wondering that some clinicians who ask a lot of direct questions are perhaps trying to control the consultation. This may be because they feel it's the only way to stop the patient talking too much and taking up too much time. Clinicians also sometimes worry that they will uncover difficult problems that they'll not know how to deal with. They may be uneasy with the emotional content of consultations and think that closed questions will kind of keep it to the facts. However, research persistently shows that very few patients keep on talking indefinitely. Uninterrupted, the median talking time at the start of consultations is about 59 seconds. And avoiding interruptions and avoiding too many closed questions is the approach which is adopted by experienced general practitioners whose consultations are effective and often shorter than those of inexperienced practitioners. Some clinicians may be worried that they'll forget all the information if the patient talks a lot. Clinicians can devise appropriate strategies for managing this, perhaps a very brief paper and pencil note, but it is important to avoid typing during the conversation because it breaks eye contact and reduces the efficiency of the listening. The effective use of summarising skills can also help clinicians to remember all the salient points. And if you go to the module Talc Skills for Effective Explanations and Planning Care, there's a chapter called Why are Effective Summarising Skills the Engine of the Consultation? which will help you to learn more about effective summarising. Effective summarising after careful listening can also assist in good clinical reasoning, which makes it easier to develop a shared management plan and also makes the consultation safer and error less likely. Now thinking about some examples of this, how to delay asking questions until the patient has run out of things to say. I'm going to give an example of how we can encourage people to talk more and perhaps get more information. Now, let's consider if I'm going to ask you about a subject which you can easily speak about, for example, your most recent holiday. And of course, patients know a lot about themselves. And so if they're encouraged, they can talk easily about themselves. If I wanted to know about your most recent holiday, I could ask quite a lot of close questions like this. When did you last go on holiday? Where did you go? Did you fly? Where did you stay? Who travelled with you? Was it sunny? Now, these are important aspects of your holiday, perhaps, but most of them can be answered with very few or even one word. And in this situation, the questioner is speaking more than the interviewee. But in a medical consultation of any kind, we nearly always want to hear from our patients more than we want to talk ourselves. Let's have a different way of asking you about your holiday. How about if I say, I'd really like to hear all about your most recent trip. When you pause, I could just say, go on. Oh, tell me more. Oh, that sounds good. Hmm. I'm thinking there must be more to say about Tenerife. If we think about this, I've probably only said 10 or 20 words. It's very likely that the person describing their holiday will have said very much more than that. And I will have gleaned much more information from them. On the other hand, how much effort was required on my part to say, go on, rather than trying to work out what question to ask next. It's a lot easier to say go on and encourage people than it is to constantly be thinking about what the next question should be. It's much easier to remember the information you hear if you're not planning the next question because your mind is free to listen. 
I used a little bit of reflecting back at the end of that intervention and paraphrasing a few words that the speaker has been saying can often be a very good way of encouraging them to say a bit more and a bit more relevant things. Apparently this is what the Queen does when she meets people at formal occasions. If you repeat a few key words it can be even more effective. Here is an example. My current problem is my cellar keeps flooding in weather we're having. I'm getting fed up of having to clean it all out. Now, instead of asking questions, the listener can say, go on, two easy but powerful words. Well, various builders and plumbers have come to look at it, but they can't seem to find out what the problem is. Everything down there is getting all damp and horrible. Let's try reflecting back. All damp and horrible? Yeah, I used to saw my, my luggage and camping gear down there, but it's getting too wet now. An encouraging statement. Well, tell me more. I've had to move everything to the attic. I even had to throw a lot of things away because they were all rotten and smelly. So now I'm looking for a proper damp-proof specialist to see if they can sort it out. A specialist? That's an example of reflecting back again. That exchange demonstrates the idea clearly. Encouraging is low effort, but has yielded a lot of information about the problem, including what has already been tried, what the main concerns are, and what thoughts the speaker has about the next steps. That saves me having to ask their ideas, concerns, expectations, doesn't it? I only had to say about 10 words, which were low effort, encouraging phrases for the most part. When I'm not spending time planning my next question, my brain power is really released for listening, understanding and remembering what is said. There are full details of how to teach and learn this important skill of avoiding questions in the written materials that accompany this chapter and the other chapters in this module explore listening in more detail. This podcast was brought to you by NHS Professional Educators, making training available to all.